0: My name is Sharmanique, and you are listening to Catch These Vibes podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to my 90s series. I've been going through some of the best 90s movies, some of y'all favorites, some of my favorites, just overall 90s classics that we can just reminisce about and review. Some of these you may have not seen. Some of them I may have not seen before, but you know what? I don't know. <laughs> but we feel to go through these movies. So I just want to say again, thank you for tuning in. Now, this season, we will be pivoting after this season. We will be pivoting to something different, something else, because we've done the 90s for the past two seasons, and just if you are new here and if you've never listen to another episode of mine that didn't have to deal with the 90s there's just so many episodes out there i have over 200 episodes that you can listen to like if you're going to go travel if you're going to travel somewhere go on a road trip if you're at work on your way to work on your way home there's just so many different episodes that you can tune into and if you want to get, up, get to know me a little bit more on a personal level, I have those types of episodes as well. So you can definitely tune in seasons one through three and you can really get to know me from those seasons. Also, periodically, I do have a As to by Neek episode. I am due for another. I haven't done one since I think April. I think it was April. Yeah, so it's been it's been a few months. So, once I like finalize everything, I'll let y'all know what season 6 is going to be looking like. Again, we we're not going to be in the 90s anymore. We're going I might, I don't know. I'll let y'all know though as soon as I figure it all out. I will let y'all know. But yes, welcome to the 90s series. This episode we're going to be getting into the movie The Craft. The Craft came out in 1996. So, I have created a schedule. A schedule. That's how they say it in the UK. Schedule. So, last week we got Hush. This week is The Craft. Next week, Bride of Chucky. And then Fear. And then that will be like the end of Spooky Season. And then we're going to go ahead and to some more lighthearted movies. So, Parent Trap slash Free Willy, Little Giants slash Little Rascals, Friday, and then The Preacher's Wife. And then once The Preacher's Wife is is out, that will be the start of, you know, the holiday season. So, Christmas movies. And, and that's how we're gonna end the podcast. All right? So, that's what you can look forward to. and. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into the episode for this week or the movie for this week. I'm gonna go ahead and play the trailer for the movie, The Craft. To the other kids at St. Bernard Academy they were the girls who didn't belong whatever you do stay away from them why they're witches but after years of being on the outside why would you lie about me i don't want to go out with you again please stop begging it's pathetic four girls are about to discover the dark side ever heard of invoking the spirit black magic We can make things happen. I mean, this is it. This is real. Columbia Pictures welcomes you to the witching hour. Uh Check it out. Her spell is working. Sit. Job for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, Mr. So, the craft was released May 3rd, 1996. It had an estimated budget of 15,000 and went on to gross an estimated 24 million worldwide. So, I thought it was interesting that. This movie beat the movie Clueless at the box office for the first week. I thought that was pretty interesting because Clueless is another movie that I, I really love and I, I grew up watching. So I just wanted to point that out. So this movie it stars Robin Tooney, Farusha Balk, Nev Campbell, and Rachel True. We also have Skeet Ulrich, Christine Taylor. Breckin Meyer, Nathaniel Marston, Clifty Young, Assumpta Cerna, Helen Shaver, Janine Jackson, and Brenda Strong. So the movie is about four teenage girls who practice witchcraft. So Robin Tooney, she plays Sarah. Farusa, she's Nancy. Nev Campbell is Bonnie. And then Rachel True is Rochelle, so we're going to get into some things about this movie, and I—it's not really surprising, but it's unfortunate, you know, that Rachel she did just she did experience some discrimination with this movie. So we're going to get into that also because it's just not when you look at these movies and like just research them you can't sometimes I've realized sometimes I find out things that I didn't know and then it's kind of like dang that sucks but you know it's still a good movie and I'm pretty sure she still had a good experience um filming the movie I'm pretty sure she probably doesn't regret it um just based off of me hearing her speak on it but it does suck to experience discrimination. Nobody wants to experience that. And as a black person, a black woman, it she she did speak about just the different things that has happened over the years that it just sucks to have to experience. And it's like, you just have to suck it up. You just have to to deal with it. And after doing that for some time, It just gets exhausting to always just have to suck things up and just deal with things when it's just like, why can't things just go, you know, be fair and and go the right way? So we'll get into that a little bit, but let's talk about the movie. So first of all, the movie was directed by Andrew Fleming. So Andrew Fleming is also known for Barefoot and Hamlet 2. And then the writers for the movie, we have Peter Filardi and also Andrew Fleming. So Peter Fimaldi, he also did Flatliners, which was a movie that I was considering to do, but um, I couldn't find it on my available streaming services. So I just was like, forget it. Um, And then also I did want to mention that there in 2020, they did do a remake. So The Craft Legacy. That movie, I did watch it, I think, uh, a few years ago, but I only watched it one time, so I can't really tell you, like, too much about it, but I do recall that when I did watch it, I did thoroughly enjoy it, so it is something that I will watch again. Um, Again, it's just not available on any of the streaming platforms that I have, so I will have to find a different way to watch it. So, yeah, those are the writers and the director of this movie. We went through the cast. So, like I said, the movie is about four teenagers who practice magic. So, one of the teenagers, Sarah, she is just a natural-born witch. Her mother was a witch and it, it passed down to her. So, she has these different abilities that she she knows that she has, but I think that she didn't really take it too seriously or really indulge in those those witch abilities until she linked up with these three other girls so she moves to a different town or a different state and goes to this new school with her dad and I'm not sure if it's a because there's a lady that is mentioned and that you do see in the beginning of the movie but I'm not sure if she's the stepmom or who she really is so she lives with her dad and then possibly with a stepmom but they don't really they don't really show the lady too much and they don't there's not that many scenes with her father either so there's that So yeah, so basically a newcomer to a Catholic prep high school, she falls in with a trio of outcast teenage girls who practice witchcraft and they all soon conjure up various spells and curses against those who anger them. So she starts at this new school, the new girl. She first kind of has this moment with nev campbell's character bonnie so they're in french class and bonnie sees sarah spinning her pencil upright into the desk and and she's doing it with her mind and so bonnie she's she's watching her do it and then sarah realizes that she's watching her and and drops the pencil so that That tells Bonnie, okay, hmm, she might be able to be our fourth. Because it's already three of them. It's Nancy, Bonnie, and Rochelle. They're three girls and they need a fourth. And so uh, right away, Bonnie's like, oh, this new girl, she could be our fourth. But Nancy, she just was, she was more of the mean girl. I guess the Regina George out of the bunch. So she wasn't really welcoming to her, you know, joining their group. She's apprehensive about that. So on the very first day, Chris Hooker, played by Skeet, the very first day he's flirting with Sarah. He invites her to watch him play football, and so she goes. She goes to watch him play football. Um, or invites him to invites her to watch him at football practice, and so she does go, and she's just, you know, watching. I mean, it's a, it's a boy, the first boy that really paid her any attention at this new school. She doesn't really have any friends at this point, and she tried to kind of have a a moment or bond with the girls, but Nancy kind of just gave her the cold shoulder, so just kind of like, okay, maybe that's not an option. So after after school, while she's watching Chris play in practice, the girls come up to her, and they invite her to hang with them. And right off the bat, they're, like, telling her, you know, Chris, he's a he's an asshole. He's a jackass. Like, that's not somebody you should, you know, want to fuck with. But Sarah, she's not really taking it seriously and maybe feels like they're jealous or just hating on her because you know, she doesn't really take their advice. She still ends up hanging out with Chris and then learns the hard way that he's really not the guy that's worth her time. So she tries to like get out of hanging out with them and say, oh no, I gotta go home. And But she still was convinced to go hang out with them. So they went to a, a witchcraft store and it's a store that they go to often to get their to get different things, different books, different supplies that they need when they are trying to do their little rituals and uh, practice witchcraft. because at this point the three girls, they haven't really they haven't really been able to do any spells, I guess, and really get them to work because I guess because they needed this this fourth girl to complete their circle. So they go to the store and get some things and then they they leave and go hang out. Um but there's this there's this homeless guy that first of all when when Sarah first moved into her house, the homeless guy just showed up. So from the start of the movie, Sarah she keeps seeing snakes. She keeps seeing snakes around. And so she's in her house grabbing some of her things to unpack. And this homeless guy shows up at her door with a snake. And he says something like, hey, uh, I want to give this to you or something like that. Something random. And so obviously she freaks her out. He freaks her out because it's just some random homeless man. And he's he has a snake in his hands. So she calls her dad. He comes down. Her dad scares him away. So she sees... She sees this same homeless guy when she's out and about with the girls. And he's just like, for whatever reason, he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. I need to tell you something or something like that. And so she's she's still freaked out by him because she's not understanding, like, why does he keep bothering her? And so she's crossing the street and she's staring at him and he ends up getting hit by a car because he's he's walking in the middle of the street walking towards her and so he gets hit by a car and then all the girls they run away and i guess they feel like that they caused that to happen and so this is when she she expresses to the girls that yeah certain things will happen but nothing has happened to me as you know as serious as that as serious as someone you know dying, you know, because of my thoughts or whatever. But she tells them, yeah, sometimes I'll I'll want it to rain and then like a a pipe will burst in my room. Or sometimes I'll want people to shut up around me and then I'll go deaf for for three days. So she's just telling them these different things that she experiences and Nancy's just like, okay, yeah, right. Not really believing it. And so that's the beginning of them starting to hang out and do different things so they continue talking or whatever and they start telling her about this person who's supposed to be bigger than god who's like what Nancy would describe um god and the devil would be playing on the field that Minot would have created or whatever so Mano is this person or this, this entity, this thing that they are trying to contact or take power from. And I guess this, this entity is supposed to like make them powerful, give them powers. And so they are trying to contact them and and contact Mano and they want her to help since she's on, if she's going to join them. This is what they're going to be doing. So they're talking to her about that. And she just gets kind of freaked out and decides to leave. So she leaves and goes right to go kick it with with Chris. So she goes to kick it with Chris. And he's trying to kiss on her and stuff. And he invites her back to to his house. And she's just like, you know, nah, I'm going to go home or whatever. And he seemed a little upset about it. So she goes home, and the next day at school, the girls, you know, let her know that there's a rumor going around that Chris started saying that she gave him some, basically, that he was able to get laid and she was a a lazy lay or something like that. And so she approached him about it, like, why are you telling people this? Obviously, he's a jerk. He don't really care. So he's not really paying her any mind. And then he has his little friends, one of them being Meyer, who is Mitt. And then I guess Nathaniel Marston, who's Trey. So those is his little friends. And they speaking for him, being mean and and just saying nasty things to her and uh, making fun of her because she began to cry. I mean, obviously her feelings was hurt and she's new at the school. And now there's this rumor going around that She's, you know, been sleeping around. So that was, like, the first thing. Even the girls had warned her about him, but she found out for herself that Chris wasn't a nice guy. And so that was, the, you know, the first thing that, like, caused her to want to, I guess, kind of get back at Chris because she did like him for whatever reason. And so she wanted him to... I guess suffer and like her back. So Sarah decides it needs to be not so what's what's the opposite of bros before hoes? I don't wanna say hoes before bros. Sis is before chicks before dicks, maybe? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So, Sarah had to decide it's supposed to be chicks before dicks. So, fuck Chris. And she finna link up with the girls and start, you know, doing little chants and witch shit together. So, so she starts hanging out with them. <laughs> they start hanging out and doing their they little chants because they're trying to invoke the spirit, invoke Minot, and get all the things that they desire. So Sarah wanted Chris to fall in love with her, I guess. So that was the spell she did or um what she wanted to happen and what she wanted to get out of the spell. And Rochelle was dealing with a bully which I don't understand why she just didn't whoop her ass, but it's the movie, so they did it the way they did it. So Christine Taylor, she plays Laura Lizzie, kind of name is that, Laura Lizzie. And she was a bully. She would call her, she was racist, basically. That's all it was. She was just a racist blonde girl who had a problem with Rochelle for whatever reason. And they were in the same swim class together, a gym class. And she would just always mess with her. Any time when she would do her try to do her dive in gym class or in swim, um, Laura would do something to try to distract her. And and she just was a bitch for no reason at all, other than she just was racist and a hater. So Rochelle wanted to get back at her since she was the school bully. And then Bonnie, played by Nev Campbell, wanted to get away, get her scars to go away. I don't know, I'm not sure if they ever mentioned or what what it was that she had. Maybe it was burns or just, I don't know, some type of skin condition that she had. So she was always covered up. She wasn't really able to just feel beautiful because she had these scars all over her back. And so she wanted to feel beautiful and not feel like a monster. And then Nancy, she lived in like a at, in like a trailer park, and they were poor. Her mom, I guess I don't I can't I don't know if she was married to him or if that was just her boy longtime boyfriend. But her mom was with this dude that was like a pervert and just he was abusive to her mom so she just overall wanted a better situation she didn't really she didn't want to be considered white trash anymore and so that's what they all offered them the different things that they wanted just to happen for them they all wanted that to be like the the thing that the spell helped them out with so pretty early on sarah She got what she wanted. Like she was the first person to get what she wanted, which was for Chris to um, get, I guess, it'll be payback in a way. Because him being like obsessed with her and in love with her was embarrassing because the way that he began to act. So right away that started happening. He was just following her around everywhere at school and calling her nonstop and things like that. So she that was able to come true, and then I wanna say, I think it was Bonnie next. It was either Bonnie or Rochelle, but Bonnie she would go to the doctor every so often to check her um scars and see if whatever the doctor was doing at that point in time was working. So she went back to the doctor to check out her scars, and she noticed that the scars were gone, like her back was clear, you know, so that worked, the spell worked for her. And then Rochelle, her spell worked as well because Laura, the bully, her hair started falling out. And no girl really wants to experience that. That's like a really devastating thing to go through it's for your hair to be falling out. And so she was going through that. And um so Rochelle was able to kind of get her get back from that. So the last person was Nancy. And her what she wanted didn't it seemed like it was taking a little bit longer than everybody else. Like all three of the girls, it seemed like everything worked worked out for them. And, like, Minot answered their prayers or whatever. But for Nancy, it was just taking a little bit longer. So she was getting a little impatient about that and feeling upset. And there's a scene where they're all sitting there kind of just, like, rejoicing in the fact that the spell is working. And the girls are saying to Sarah, yeah, you did it. Like, you made it possible. So I also feel like Nancy was a little jealous of Sarah, too, because sarah again she was a she was actually born a a witch. like so everything that they were trying to do it came natural to her like she was the one that was able to cast the spells i don't think that they would have been able to do everything that they did if it wasn't for sarah being their fourth so i think there was a little jealousy there but there's a scene where, where rochelle's like Cause Nancy, she just walks away. And so they're, they're all like, dang, what's wrong with her? And so Rochelle is like, well, she, she doesn't want to be white trash anymore. And I just told her, sweetie, you're, you're white. There's nothing you can do about that. And so that's the funny part. And so basically she eventually, Nancy eventually gets what she wants because her mom's perfect boyfriend. He ends up having like a heart attack, and he just so happened to have a life insurance policy of I think it was like one hundred and seventy five thousand. So that money was left to her and her mom, and so they got that money. They were able to move to a better place, and you know, do get finer things because of that money. So I guess in the way that was what she wanted. From Minot at that point. but that wasn't all that she wanted. She wanted power. she wanted to um, be able to just do different things. And so they continued on with their rituals and their their um, chants and there's a scene that they all go to a beach and they all take an animal with them and they do a ritual there and they all fall asleep on the beach and when they wake up they look to the ocean and they see nancy walking on water and then on the other side of the beach there's like sharks and whales and fish all on the on the beach and on the shoreline and i guess there were like gifts to them or something like that and nancy she was just rejoicing over that. And the other girls were kind of looking like, Whoa, this is kind of weird. So from that point on, Nancy just had these powers. And the the powers came from Minau. And the thing about witchcraft is that what you put out will come back times three. And because they were doing these different things messing with people getting back at people bonnie became very narcissistic because she she finally was able to show off and just feel beautiful and then um sarah though she was starting to feel guilty because chris he was just completely obsessed with her like he was just It's like he couldn't, she realized that he couldn't concentrate on anything but her. And I guess it got to a point where it's like, okay, what is this even really about at this point? Like, this isn't, this isn't what I really want. Like, he's not, we're not in love. Like, he's just, I just made him obsessed with me. And that's not what I really want. So she was starting to come to her senses and realize that it just, it was just getting too far. And once so once she realized that, she tried to express it to the girls, but they weren't really hearing it because at this point they got everything that they wanted and they didn't want things to change. They liked the way everything was going. And so she went to go talk to Chris and she's She's foolishly thinking that, oh, he could be like a listening ear and give me some actual advice but no he's still under the spell and just all he's thinking about is is kissing her and filling up on her and stuff so he pretty much she has a situation where he like harasses her and then she she goes home crying and she tells the tells the girls and then Nancy she's upset and the reason why Nancy is so upset is because I I believe she had a A similar experience for Chris, and that's why she hated him so much. So she was like, okay, we finna go get revenge. So she goes, they was having a party that night. So she goes to the party, and it has Chris follow her upstairs. And that's when she starts messing with him. So she's like, you know, trying to seduce him and stuff, but he's just like, pushing her off him because he's just so obsessed with Sarah and so she uses her powers to look exactly like Sarah and because he's so drunk he really believes that it's Sarah and then so they start making out or whatever and then Sarah and the and and Bonnie and Rochelle get there and Sarah walks upstairs and then she sees Nancy with her face on and so Chris and Nancy look at Sarah and then that's when Nancy turns back into her original face, obviously freaking Chris out. And uh, Sarah's trying to get Nancy, you know, to leave. She's just like, all right, you scared him. Let's go. Let's go. It's, that's enough. But Nancy's like, no, that's not enough. Like he needs to really suffer pretty much. And so, one thing leads another, and he ends up falling out the window, and he and dies. So it's a really, really bad accident, and but not so much accident. Nancy actually killed him, and so they pretty much get away with it. I, no one gets arrested. I think the the cops do come ask them questions, but it doesn't amount to anything. Like no one gets arrested. No one goes to jail. I guess it's just deemed an accident and everyone goes on about their life. So now Sarah's even more in a state of just feeling guilty because everything else that's happening and on top of the, the situation with Chris, because she actually did like him. Like she really did like him and she just wanted him to like her back. And so everything just went way too far and he he died and so she's really at a point where she's like we have to like stop like we have to stop doing this everything is getting out of hand but Nancy she's just too far gone at this point that she she don't, she's not trying to hear it and then Bonnie and Rochelle they're just following Nancy they don't have a mind of their own and so I don't know if they were scared of Nancy or what the case was, but I feel like maybe Rochelle, she could have, she could have had an issue with some of the things that Nancy was doing, but she didn't have a mind of her own. So she just was like in a follow the leader position, basically. So, So Sarah, she decides to do a a binding spell, I think it's called. And she's basically just saying that she wants to um, bind Nancy from harming herself and harming others. So Nancy finds out and pretty much threatens her. She's like, you know, tells her don't do any more spells on me. She's able to like read her thoughts. She's reading Sarah's thoughts and at this point she's just so powerful and she's just using the power to just do very evil things. So just to sum up, sum it up, they end up having this situation where they're trying to kill, well, they're trying to get the girls are trying to get Sarah to commit suicide. And so the the lady from the store that they would go to, she had told Sarah that she's going to have to invoke Minot because that's going to be the only way to defeat Nancy. But Sarah, she just was hesitant about doing that because she thought that It would affect her you know have that negative effect on her the same way that it had on nancy but the thing is nancy already had that really dark that really dark spirit about her and so that's why she ended up turning out the way that she did like she just she wasn't doing it for the right reason she was doing it to be powerful and when people get that power they they're you know, use it for selfish reasons, they, you know, don't, they don't know how to control it, it just can turn out to be very, very ugly situation, and since Sarah, she was the opposite of Nancy, she was able to invoke Manoa, Mano, and um, also the fact that she was already a natural born rich, she was going to be more powerful, powerful than her anyways. So she basically pretty much was able to defeat her and, and get get the powers taken from her. And so Nancy ended up at the psych ward and Bonnie and Rochelle, they obviously didn't have any powers anymore because they weren't really true witches. And so um, I like the end of the movie because they they show up trying to pretend like they want to be nasty or no not not nasty but Sarah's friend and they're like um you have your powers cuz we haven't been able to you know have our powers anymore so they wanted to know if she still had her powers and she they wanted to do some hang out and do chants and stuff like that they came crawling back because Nancy was at at the psych ward, and now it was just them two, and they don't know what to do with themselves without Nancy, and so that's so Sarah wasn't trying to give them the time of day. They she she was just like, you yeah, know, nah, y'all bitches tried to kill me. I'm I'm not desperate to be y'all friends. Like, I really do not care. Like, I'm good, and so they try to say she probably don't even have her powers, and that's when she she changed the weather and showed them. Bitches, don't play with me. I still got my powers because I'm the real rich around here. All right? So, y'all better watch y'all back. And that's how the movie ends. So, we're going to get into some did you know facts and some trivia facts about the movie. So, as I was saying at the beginning, Rachel True did experience some discrimin- discrimination, Unfortunately so i was looking at this the video a video that she did it was a live i guess of her her instagram and it said it was about four years ago but she was just saying that there was a lot of different things that happened during the time that this movie came out and then also years later there's still certain things that was going on so she said that the other girls being Nev campbell uh for Farusha Balk and and Robin, they were all being booked for like conventions. I I wanna say I don't know if it's Comic Con or one of those types of conventions. They were being booked, but for whatever reason Rachel True wasn't being booked for it. So that was something that she experienced like recently, like recently, as in like the last five years or so and and it just you know reminded her about what was going on when the movie first came out. So she was excluded from uh, press when the at the premiere, when the the Mt movie awards came out around that time, she wasn't able to present the award with the other girls. So I just thought that that was, that's just really sad that that was happening to her back then. And then it's still like happening now. Like she was a a major part of this movie as the other girls were like, she was, she should definitely be, be being invited to these different things. Like, it's just, it's just so sad that this is still going on and I do hope that if they ever do something again for the Craft Cast, that she is invited because she deserves to be invited. So I did want to mention that and just show love to Rachel True. Um, that's my girl. I love the show Half and Half. That was my shit, and she. I loved her character as Rochelle. Like she did a really good job. In this movie, and what's crazy is that in the movie, she was experiencing discrimination against her because she was black. Like she was getting called "negroid" and everything. So it's just like for them to write that in the movie, only to do that to her in real life, is just is pretty sad and unfortunate. So Robin, Robin Tunney, or Tunney. I think it's Toonie. Is it Tunny? I feel like it's Tunny. I'm, I'm really bad with names, but I believe that it's Tunny. Not, Cause Toonie, no, it's not Toonie, it's Tunny. <laughs> so Robin Tunny wore an, album, an Auburn wig throughout filming because she shaved her head for her role in Empire Records, which wrapped up a month before production started on this film. So while researching the craft, Feruza Balk, who plays Nancy, she became familiar with Panpipes Magical Marketplace in Hollywood, eventually buying the store and continuing to operate it until 2001 when she sold it to to Jami Darling and Vicky Adams, who she had brought in as managers after her own purchase in 1995. So Andrew Fleming states in the DVD commentary that a PG-13 rating was sought. They followed all the guidelines to earn that rating, but in the final outcome, the film was rated R because the film dealt with teenage girls using witchcraft. An official website of the film said, the crew had to return to the location a second time to complete filming interrupted by several weird occurrences that even caused witch consultant, Pat Devon, to raise an eyebrow. As the fog rolled in at midnight, the four actresses used actual Wiccan rites and language to invoke powerful forces. Then, as (laughs) Farooza, she has, this is a very different name. So Farooza Balk's character, Nancy, attempts to invoke the deity Mano a flock of bats hovered over the set, and the tide rose dramatically, extinguishing the circle of candles. Witchcraft consultant Devin recalls that Minot, a fictitious creation for the film, sounds very close to Minon, the Gaelic god of the sea. Luckily, we weren't all swept to sea, director Andrew Fleming is quoted. Every time the girls started the ceremony, the only and only when they would start the ceremony, the waves would start coming up tremendously fast, pounding heavily. Then right when Nancy says her line, Mano, feel me, right at the exact moment, we lost power. It was very strange. So Rachel True didn't find out that Rochelle's subplot had been changed until after she was cast. She was initially unsure about the racially charged bullying, but years later stated she felt it was important that the film included it. Which I agree. I agree that it was because that is um, something that, you know, we as black people really experience. So, all of the quote-unquote teen actresses were in their 20s at the time of filming. Rachel True was almost 30 years old. And you sure couldn't tell. Like, she definitely, I mean, I'm not going to say she looked like a teenager, but she she could have definitely passed for an 18-year-old. 18, 18, 20, 18 to 20-year-old. So, the girl's clothing starts out very plain and modest. Robin joking that the studio were getting worried at how dowdy they appeared in the first act. As their powers grow, it's reflected in their wardrobe becoming more flattering. Rachel True joke that as their powers grew, their skirts shrunk. That is something that I, I do enjoy about the movie is their wardrobe. They definitely started dressing a lot better as their powers did, did grow and I'm, I'm a sucker for black like I love all black. And so there's several scenes with them all wearing black and I just I just really love it. I love I love the wardrobe. So years later, Rachel True opened up about how she was often ignored by the promotional materials despite being one of the film's leads. She was forgotten for press junkets until one of her co-stars phoned the studio to get them to include her. She was also the only one of the four actresses to not be invited to the MTV Movie Awards that year. So she said, I believe she said that she was invited, but she was, while they were on stage, she was in the audience. So uh, I think that's, it's not that, she wasn't invited or maybe i don't know but i think that's what she said so early drafts of the script had rochelle suffering from an eating disorder racist bullying was incorporated into her storyline when rachel true was cast so the text of the book invocation of the spirit that nancy reads from in the magic shop comes from the book of ceremonial magic by author edward White, a well-known occultist. The book does discuss invocation of spirits although it is not the focus of the entire book as implied in the film. So Rachel True asked her agent to put her up for the role of Rochelle but was refused because she was considered too old. At the time she was 29. She then found a manager who wanted to represent her and agreed to do it on the condition she submitted true for this film. So there is a part in the in the movie where they do do a game called Light as a feather stiff as a board. So they're all in Bonnie's room and they are chanting to lift Rochelle. And so it was basically like her levitating. So that levitation effect was accomplished by resting Rachel True on a platform held up by a pole in the floor. The pole was digitally removed in post-production. So in 2017, Andrew Fleming stated that Charmed ripped off this film. Fleming revealed that he wrote a pilot based on the movie for Fox, in which the WB was also strongly interested and that it was his idea to to have How Soon Is Now as its title theme, which is the song I Am The Sun and The Air. The pilot was not picked up, and the following year, Charmed premiered. Furthermore, Robin stated the ripoff was completely obvious to the point that people would think I was on "Charm" for years after. So, I don't... I don't really understand why it's considered to be a rip-off. I mean, I get it. Okay, it's about witches. There, The show's about witches. The movie's about witches. Um, They both use the same theme song. But beyond that, I don't really see what the similarities are. Because I, I, I watched Charmed. That was like one of the very first shows that I would, I guess, binge watch. Because... I will watch it and so pretty much what it would do, it would show two episodes at a time and it would just pretty much repeat the seasons over and over and over on TV. And so I will always watch it. I didn't care if it started all over, I still would watch it because I just really enjoyed the show. And so because I'm familiar with the show and what it was about, first of all, the girls were sisters on the show um there was technically four sisters but at first it was it was the three and then Prue died and then rose mcgowan's um character came which was the half sister so then it was three three of them again so i don't know i just don't really see what how what are the similarities other than the fact that they are witches but that's something that i i keep reading about that it was like a rip-off but okay cool so rumors persisted for years that Faruza Balk was a practicing witch wiccan herself and an extra on the first dvd even incorrectly stated her as a as such In 2017, she set the record straight that she had merely bought an occult shop in the process of doing research for the film. She also has several contacts who served as consultants on the film. Like, she she did a really good job as Nancy. Like, she played that character, I guess, too well that people really felt like she's really a witch in real life. So a scene was scripted with Rochelle's parents showing them to be very dull and boring, suggesting Rochelle is drawn to witchcraft because of excitement as well. Yeah, that is, I think that would have been nice if they had that in the film because she's the only character that we don't get to see her home life. We get to see Bonnie and her mom, we get to see the girls over at Bonnie's house. Um, and we know that they're at Bonnie's house because her mom comes in the room. And we get to see Nancy at in her home life with her mom and her stepdad. And then obviously Sarah with her dad and a lot of scenes of Sarah at her home. But I don't... If they do have a scene... Because there is a scene with them all chilling, watching TV... It's like Rochelle and Bonnie, they're like eating ice cream, laying down. And then Nancy's laying on the bed. And uh, Sarah's like with her back towards the bed, sitting up. But it's not clear whose room that is or whose house that's at. So, I mean, I guess it is possible that they were all chilling at Bonnie uh, Rochelle's house at that point. But there's nothing really... I, I guess I would have to look again to see if there's any clues for us to know that it's her house. But beyond that, I don't think there's any any scenes at, at Rochelle's house that depict her home life. So it would have been nice to have that at least, a, you know, just for a little bit, a short scene just to, just to see. But whatever, it is what it is. So Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich went on to star in Scream, which was another 1996 release. So the character Chris Hooker, played by Skeet, is actually named after a childhood friend of screenwriter Peter Fulardi. They went to the same junior high school in high school together. So although the name of the Catholic high school is shown as St. Benedict's in the film, it was called St. Bernard's Academy in the film's trailer. This is a nod by writer Peter Filardi to St. Bernard High School in his Southeastern Connecticut hometown. So this was one of the first films to use Kodak's EXR200T 5287 film shot. Cinematographer Alexander Grzynski had been planning to use it sparingly, but liked it so much during tests that he decided to shoot most of the film with it. Um, Let me see, I think there's some other things that I wanted to talk about. Okay, so mirrors are a repeating motif in the second half of the movie. So Rochelle's reflection turns away from her when she sees the harm her spell has caused Sarah uses a mirror to stop Bonnie and Rochelle from checking on her. Sarah uses a mirror to hide from Nancy. And during the fight, Sarah sends Nancy flying into a mirror, which shatters and knocks Nancy unconscious. So I thought that was pretty interesting because there that scene with Rochelle. So Rochelle, she she finds Laura in the locker room, bathroom or shower rather, and she's just on the floor crying because her hair's falling out. And so she's looking at her in a little just in like disbelief that like, wow, this is the spell really caused this to happen to her. And then she like backs up and then she looks into the mirror, but her reflection isn't looking back at her. It's looking away. So I thought that was pretty interesting if you, if no one, you know, noticed that. So a major dramatic scene was cut in post-production. Sarah feels that Nancy has completely lost her mind and suggests to the others that they cast a binding spell on her. This is the same one that she does use eventually. So Nancy finds out about this and verbally attacks all of them, scaring Sarah off. This would also confirm that Rochelle is the only black girl in the school and is shunned by them for that reason. Andrew Fleming loved the scene, but it felt it diluted the power of the one later in the bathroom, where the girls properly turn on Sarah. He also felt it seemed unrealistic that Bonnie and Rochelle would stay friends with Nancy after being attacked like that. All right, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Next week, we'll be getting into The Bride of Chucky. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, follow, repost, retweet, whatever it may be on whatever platform that you're listening to to help spread the word of this podcast that I'm doing. If you really enjoy it, it definitely does go a long way. Word of mouth is very, very important. Okay, so only if you mean it, only if you want to. uh, But again, it's it's appreciated a whole lot. So I do hope you all have a great rest of your week. Be blessed and vibe out.